This episode of The Taylor Stevens Show is brought to you by listeners, readers, and patrons. If you'd like to learn how to support this podcast, please visit www.patreon.com slash taylorstevens. This is Taylor Stevens, the New York Times best-selling and award-winning author of kick-ass international thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. And Taylor, today we're going to be talking about effective communication through our writing. And if when I think of effective communicators, you're right up there at the top of the list. Oh, you're very kind, and I appreciate that. And, and that does not come lightly because I often feel that when I'm speaking with people, I am the worst communicator in the world. Like somehow there continues to be these glitches between the words coming out of my mouth and what people are hearing. And the common denominator is me. So <laughs> this is why I guess the written word is so important to me. I don't look like I've I'm stupid. <laughs> oh, but it is. I mean, you know, communication in all forms is so important. And I work for a, a company that where everyone works remotely and we work virtually. So almost not all, but most of the communication comes via Slack. So it's just short messages. And it's amazing how often short messages can be misconstrued or uh, because there's no sarcasm emoji, you, you really can't use sarcasm. And uh, it, it just it's so easy to misinterpret a message where the, the meaning is one thing and you interpret it as something completely different. And it, it, there's, there's this frustration that builds up. It's a thing, I think, for everybody, whether it's talking, writing, um, you know, writing in messages, writing in emails or writing in stories. You know, it's... Um... Kind of, I'm laughing on the inside because growing up the way that I was raised, where I was not allowed to speak or explain myself, it has become very important to me in real life not to be misunderstood. <laughs> like communication, to be understood, just for the other person to understand what I mean when I'm saying something is it's so important to me, but not in a way that I could actually clearly articulate it's an, an innate thing like a subconscious thing and because of that when I do text people my texts are very long <laughs> your emails are <laughs> <Because> very long <laughs> I am trying to head off all of that miscommunication by making sure there's no possibility to be misunderstood to accommodate for the lack of tone the lack of facial expression and body language and all of that I don't know if it's an effective way of communicating, but I'm not even doing it for them. I'm doing it for me so that when the answers come back, they actually make sense. And are. I don't have to spend a whole follow-up chain of emails trying to clarify or get them to answer what I really need to know. So, yes, I'm notorious for very long texts and emails specifically for that reason. <sighs> But that's not what we're going to be talking about today. And somehow or other, you're going to communicate to us the way our <laughs> chit chat links to our topic today. 
somehow, some way. Okay, so there is a story that would be so fun to tell, but it was so fun to tell that instead of telling it here on the podcast, I actually wrote it as a story. And it the writing of that story ties back into the topic of what we're going to talk about. And it's all very meta in that way. But if you would like to read this very fun, no, not if you'd like to hear this very fun farm story, you have to read it. And it is a story in true me fashion of I don't do short. So if you're looking for something to read that you could just settle in with and learn something and be entertained and whatever, you can go to my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Taylor Stevens. And I don't know what it looks like when you go there and you're not already a patron. You might, it might not be the first thing that presents to you that that story might not be the first thing that pops up. You might be faced with like, you have to pledge or whatever, but you don't have to pledge. There's got to be some link on that page that allows you to just see what I've been writing and, or posting. And the most recent post, it went up yesterday as of our day of recording here. So maybe a week from when you hear this, I don't know. Uh, it went up on April, no, May. We're in May now. <laughs> it went up. Yes, we are. <laughs> on, on, on May 8th. So just look for that. You've got this entertainment to keep you busy. You'll enjoy, I think you'll enjoy it. That was my intention. Uh, and that would be the equivalent of our chit chat. And that then leads us into our topic. Well, let me just say this. You know, a lot of a lot of thrillers are in the 80,000 word category. Tailors tend to be a smidge longer than that. Um, but you know, 80,000 words and and this little story that Taylor uh, I'm doing air quotes little with finger quotes yes. through through together is 9,000 plus words. Yes, it is. It's 9,000 plus words. Uh, it took me a while to write it. It wasn't something that I threw together in just a day. And the challenge in that of, of getting that material written for just, it's just a post. It's not a book. Why would it take so long? That also ties back into what we're going to talk about today. Which is? Oh, well, I wasn't sure if I, <laughs> 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 well, I don't, uh, this is one of those things that, well, we all know I'm really bad with titles. So I don't, I don't know how to encapsulate it in just a few words, but it has to do with effective communication. And this whole subject started as soon as people learned how to talk. But for me, it started <laughs> a, a few weeks ago when I happened across a tweet in my Twitter timeline. And that tweet read as follows. Writers who worship sentence-level writing are insane. Little is harder than structure, and nothing makes sense if the structure is not pretty perfect. Good structure makes bad sentences acceptable, but bad structure makes good sentences pointless. So here's the thing about me and Twitter, is that I really don't follow very many people on Twitter, and that's on purpose. Because for me, Twitter really isn't about amassing followers or building a platform. It's just something I do for me personally. And the 
the people that I tend to follow on Twitter are those that provide maybe an insight into world events or particular industries that I'm interested. And sometimes I'll follow people who do think pieces on those events because I'm looking to see what people outside my quote unquote thought bubble have to say about things. So I'll read from people who will present opposing views to what someone else will say, because I like to be able to, I guess it's an intellectual thing for me of being able to think beyond my own thoughts. And so that for me, that's what Twitter is. It's not really so much social media as just information. And because I follow so few people, pretty much all the writing advice stuff that crosses my timeline, it comes from Scott Myers. And Scott is a screenwriter. He's a writing instructor. And I've shared some of his quotes and quotes that he's shared about writing from other screenwriters and novelists and stuff. I've shared them here on previous episodes. So you kind of have a sense of who he is. But this particular piece of writing advice hadn't come from Scott. And it hadn't come from any of my novelist friends that I follow. And it hadn't come from any journalists that I follow either. Rather, it had been forwarded into my timeline by someone who, let's say, for them, effectively communicating complex ideas through logic using words is critical to what they do in real life but they're not someone who would be traditionally thought of as a writer. So they write, yes, words matter to them. Yes, logic matters to them. Yes, coherency matters to them. Yes, but they are not what we would think of traditionally as a storyteller. And so when I first saw that bit of writing advice, I was like, hey, you know, that's really good. And it's just a different way of saying what I've been saying for years. Like you you've heard me say stuff like that for years. And it took me a minute to realize that it wasn't being shared as advice worth following, but rather as advice worth ridiculing. And there's this thing, I guess it's a term on Twitter that's called ratio. And every tweet that you come across, as long as it's open to the public or whatever, it provides you the option to favorite it, which is the equivalent to liking it, to retweet it, which is the equivalent of sharing it, and to reply to it, which is the same as basically tagging the person and commenting back on this public forum. And there are some variants on some of those, but that's those are the basic functions. And liking a tweet and retweeting a tweet, those are known as zero effort interactions. There's no, there, you, you know, you push a button and that's it. But commenting, that requires effort. And so as general rule, tweets are always going to receive far more likes and retweets than they will replies. But there's also this known phenomenon where people are more inclined to reply to a tweet if they disagree with it. And so when a tweet gets an equal or greater number of replies than it does the likes and the retweets, that tweet is said to have been ratioed, which is basically shorthand for the people have spoken in your opinion sucks. And this writing advice tweet about it being insane to worship sentence level writing, it was getting ratioed big time. 
And what that tells you is that this tweet made a lot of people really angry. It was like they were responding to it in this way as if the person had looked right at them and said, you're stupid. And then they were replying to somebody who had said, you're stupid. (laughs) You're stupid. And, you know, it just it, it, it got just it was insane. The number of replies this tweet was getting. And it really confused me because to me that tweet wasn't saying anything controversial. I mean, I use different terminology and I would never call someone insane for having a different point of view or approaching a problem from a different perspective than I do. But the basic underlying principle behind what it's saying is something you've heard me say lots of times. You know, I've talked to you about how while the quality of your writing absolutely matters and it's possible for writing to be such low quality that it makes it impossible for readers to actually ever be able to get into your story. Once your writing reaches the sort of this sort of this basic level of competence, the story is what matters more. And I've told you how even the most beautiful prose can't save a bad story. Like people don't read what you write because your sentences are beautiful, even though beautiful writing does matter to those that it matters to, but that if if you're a so-so writer with a fantastic story, even people who don't like your writing are still gonna read it because they're following the story. So story is hugely important. And to see so many angry people telling this person, that they were an idiot and that they were wrong, but in far more colorful language. It was it was interesting. It was really interesting. It, it forced me to take a step back to, to challenge my own thinking, you know, like, all right, this is making so many people wrong. Clearly, they identify with loving words on a sentence by sentence level, I guess. But what is it that's making them so angry? And I honestly, I don't know how to answer what made them so angry. But it's obvious that a lot of people are really attached to their sentence level writing. And so that's what got me thinking. And it, it got me thinking about writing as more than just fiction. It got me thinking about all of the writing that passes by me on a daily basis. Texts, emails, all the things that we were talking about at the beginning. and how so many people are so bad at communicating their ideas in writing. And that this quote-unquote badness is not typically sentence-level bad. It's not an issue with grammar. It's not an issue with punctuation or botching the use of those words, it's mostly structure level bad. And this is true in fiction, obviously, but it's just as true in everyday writing. And so it shows up in emails and in online comments and in school papers and even intellectual arguments. And it's not that people are unable to form coherent sentences or even coherent paragraphs. It's that Just in general, most ideas, most concepts are multi-layered and they're complex where one thing ties back to something else 
This other thing is based on a foundation of this idea. And if you don't understand that idea, then what I'm saying is not going to make any sense. Just add infinitum. Just like there's so much of that that is involved in communication. And so even though most people are quite capable of communicating a part of an idea, it's challenging and and people are really not good at being able to take the multiple pieces of one thing or a mental framework or a map, if you will, that make it easy for the person who's receiving that information to understand how all those pieces fit together. What is that person actually trying to say? Some people will just throw information at you, but just telling somebody facts when those facts are not connected in an obvious way to the recipient of the message of what you're trying to say, that's just frustration. All right, what are you trying to say here? And then because it's not clear, people will read whatever they want into it. And then these big, huge arguments start up. People are not even talking about the same things anymore. And so when you look at it on a deeper level, like you peel back those layers, this is, in my opinion, basically the same mental process that authors go through when they're figuring out how to tell a story. Because a story requires multiple interlocking ideas and connected thoughts. And the more I thought about it, the more I came to the conclusion, and I'm sure that many people have come to this conclusion long before me. I'm not saying that I'm special and like, this is me that is telling you some words of wisdom. But ultimately, it all comes down to effective written communication really boiling down to being able to effectively communicate a story. Regardless of whether you're dealing with fiction or nonfiction, something technical, something legal, you are communicating a story. And if you can get that story across, the people on the other side will understand what you're saying, why you're saying it, and how you're expecting them to interpret it. The author of that tweet, they called it structure. And other people might call it a narrative drive and other people might call it like, I don't know, a thesis statement or something. But I think that ultimately the core root of it all is the ability to break down ideas into their distinct parts and effectively line them up in such a way that one thought logically leads to the next, which logically leads to the next, which leads to the next. And eventually all of those thought links, they tie back into a coherent whole. And that is storytelling. That's power. That's effective communication. And just based on the responses to this person that wrote that, it would seem like a lot of people have no idea, none at all, of what effective communication is really about. And so I wanted to go deeper into that. And I... When I, when I talk about this, I'm obviously approaching it from the lens of fiction, but it applies to everything, every written form of communication. It applies to emails and technical papers and um, theological arguments and just everything because 
everything, when you're trying to communicate the ideas and the references that you're putting down, they are there because they matter. They're serving a purpose to your argument. If they don't serve a purpose to your argument, why are they there? Which means that you yourself have to understand what the point is you're actually trying to make. Just like when you're telling a story, you yourself have to understand what this story is about. You figure it out often in the process of writing it, but you don't take that verbal vomit that you have regurgitated onto the page as a way to figure out what's going on inside your head and then click send. You take that and then you look at it and you start dissecting it and going, all right, well, this argument and these, this argument, these points are connected. Let's put them in the same place. This is what leads to that. Let's move that up to the top. And I actually do that when I'm writing comments on people's Facebook posts or whatever. And it makes it very time consuming and hopefully makes me not look stupid. <laughs> like at least people will understand what I'm saying. And often it is a wall of text. And maybe most people won't take the time to read a wall of text, but those who do at least will understand what I'm trying to say. And I think that a lot of people just hit that send button a little too soon. They wouldn't do it for their fiction, but they have no qualms about doing it for whatever they just, whatever thought just rattled out of their brain, click send, move on to something else. So I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. That's your life, your choice. But if you desire to be more effective in your written communication beyond just fiction, well, this is going to apply to everything. So in a well-crafted story, everything is part of everything else. Everything has a purpose, right? Every character, every scene, every bit of dialogue Nothing in a story exists simply for the sake of existing, or it shouldn't. If it's there just because, then it doesn't belong. And we've talked about this so many times. That, you know, dialogue has to serve a purpose. How to how to make your sure the scene is serving a purpose. I mean, we've done so many episodes on that subject, right? So everything inside a story is there to serve the story, and nothing stands in isolation. And that is the core underlying root of effective communication. Everything is there for a reason. Everything means something. What it means is connected to the things that came before, that came after. So an easy way, I think, to visualize this is to think of your thoughts or your arguments or story elements as links on a chain. So what's a chain, right? A chain is a series of connected links or rings, usually of metal. And typically, when we say the word chain, the image or the understanding that comes to mind is this single continuing line of connected links that start with the first link and ends with the last. So for the sake of this visual, we're just going to refer to that as a basic chain. And a basic chain is the visual equivalent of a basic linear story. And by basic, I don't mean dumb and I don't mean childish. I mean basic in terms of complexity. So a basic story, and again, when I say story, I'm not just talking about fiction. I'm talking about all effective communication, right? So a basic story essentially starts at the beginning 
And one thing leads to the next, which leads to the next, which leads to the next. And eventually the story reaches its end. So a lot of classics and a lot of adventure tales are would be considered basic linear stories. And the information is, is pretty dang close to being a basic linear story. Basic linear stories, they don't have much going on outside the main storyline. They're primarily single point of view uh, stories or maybe omniscient point of view, but they focus on a, mostly focus on one primary character. There aren't major subplots. There's not much going on in terms of flashbacks. We just start at the beginning. One thing leads to the next, leads to the next, leads to the next, and eventually we get to the end. But there are other types of chains. So tire chains or snow chains, those are connected metal links that you wrap around your vehicle tires for added traction when you're driving on ice and snow. Those are an example of what a more complex chain system can look like. So each tire chain is basically two single chains, two basic chains running parallel to each other. And then there are several cross chains that link those two basic chains together. And if you hold them up, they kind of look like a ladder. So for the sake of simplicity, we'll use the term complex chain for that. So complex chain provides a good visual of complex story. And by complex stories, again, I don't mean smarter, deeper, more intellectual, just complex in terms of story elements and structure and ideas and such. And so these are stories with multiple points of view, multiple primary character stories, uh, maybe one or more major subplots and stories that work as stories within stories and maybe even single point of view stories with multiple interconnecting threads. Um, both The Mask and Liar's Legacy are examples of what a complex story might look like. And they are worlds apart in terms of actual complex complexity. So on the lower end of the complexity scale, we have mask, single point of view. And except for the opening chapter, it's a chronologically linear story. But inside that story, we've got two sets of bad guys with two separate agendas, both of which have to be uncovered, discovered, understood for the story to resolve. So it's not just a single one thing straightforward. There's multiple straightforwards and they interlink and interconnect. So it makes it more complex. But then on the extreme opposite end of that, we've got Liar's Legacy, which basically has like four points of view, six, seven, I don't know, more competing agendas, multiple flashbacks, interconnected history. And that story is like, a mess of four tire chains tangled up in a storage bag that slowly get pulled apart and unraveled as the story progresses. <laughs> Different levels of complexity, but they're both still complex stories, right? And then there's another type of chain we that chainmail is a really good example of. So basically you've got these small metal links. Each one is connected to other metal links in two or more places, and it creates a wearable armor as protection against blades and lances and was used before gunpowder and combustion engines and th were things, right? That is an example of a highly complex chain. And highly, that like a highly complex chain, that vision of chain mail would be a good visual representation for really highly complex stories that span across multiple generations and multiple books. And um, the one that comes to mind because I've actually read it is the Dune Legacy. That would be a highly complex story. I haven't read the Wheel of Time books, but I imagine they'd probably fit that classification too. So the point 
in providing this visual representation of these different types of chain isn't to create a classification system. We're not interested in wasting time dissecting stories and trying to break them down to label them all according to their varying degrees of complexity, hoping that maybe by looking at all these elements and tearing them apart, we can get the key to open a magical door and invite ourselves into this writing wonderland where everything makes sense and it's so easy. No, that is not the point. The point at looking at these various levels of complexity is to highlight something a lot bigger. And that is all stories, or you could say all communication, no matter how simple or how complex are built using the same raw material. So your story, your communication, it's a chain. And every idea, every element within it is a link. And the aphorism about a chain only being as strong as its weakest link, that works here too. If your idea, ideas plural, and your elements fail to connect from one to the next, your chain breaks and your story fails. So for a story to work, for your communication, for your written communication to be effective, every idea and every element must connect to the ideas and elements that came before and came after. So when you're working with more complex stories, those ideas and elements also have to connect to the ones that run perpendicular or parallel and then have to connect again to whatever point they've been leading to. And if they don't connect, then you don't have a chain. You just have a bunch of disconnected ideas and elements, and that's not a story. So in simple, basic linear stories, those connections are easy to see and critical to make. With a single chain, and you just got that one long strand, all it takes is one unconnected link and the chain breaks. The more complex the story, the more connections between the links there'll be, and the more difficult it can become to make those links connect. But because you're working with multiple connections to each link, the less critical each individual connection becomes to maintaining the integrity of the whole. And so the more complex the story is, the more allowance you're given for making all of those links connect before the entire chain fails. So if you're looking at a suit of chain mail, having one or two or three links disconnected is not going to render the entire chain mail ineffective. There will be weak spots and those weak spots could prove deadly, but on the whole, on the average, there's still integrity in the chain. And the same holds true to your arguments, to your to the things you're trying to communicate. The more complex those are, and the more links everything has to have to everyone, everything else, the more forgiving the scenario becomes if you forget to link one thing back. But do that on a very basic thing, like do that in your email where you're just talking about one single subject and you forget to link the cause and the effect or the 
you know, here's what I want and here's how I'd like you to respond to that. And the whole thing fails. Communication breaks down. So if we look at this using the example of tire chains, like the ones that look like a ladder, if you miss connecting the link that joins one of the long chains with one of the horizontal short, the short legs, like the ladder rungs, the entire chain's not going to fail, but it's definitely going to make a difference in the chain's overall usefulness. But if you fail two of those, then that tire changes can't do what it's meant to do. And the exact same thing is true for communication in writing. I'm sure it's true for spoken communication, but spoken communication also allows us the ability to use hand gestures and facial expressions and tone and all of that. And when you're working with the written word, the only thing you have are the words on the page. So one of the most difficult things for me in writing is creating those links between ideas because it requires separating out the ideas, understanding the difference between the ideas. It, it requires understanding why I even included that detail to begin with and understanding how it links back to the other elements surrounding it and other elements in the story. So now we link back to our opening discussion about the story that I told and posted on Patreon. And it is titled, When Your Doggo is the Best Doggo. And I tell a story about one of my dogs that did something that was, in my mind, quite amazing and made me so excited and happy. And to tell it, it took me 9,000 words <laughs> to, to really fully link all of the ideas so that by the time we get to the end, to really understand what happened, all the information is there. I could have told the story much more quickly and it would have only really meant something to those who knew, who understood. And writing the story as I did, I provided all the groundwork, everything the reader would need to know to have the same reaction at the end as someone who already knew all those things. And along those way, along the way, there were stories within stories within stories, and everything was there for a reason leading up to the final outcome. And it seems silly to spend time talking about this dumb story that I wrote that many people may even find boring. I don't know, but it's interesting to me. And, and highlight that as this example of here's what I'm talking about. But it's not the end result that I'm talking about. It's the process that went into writing that story. It took me about five days to write it. And it wasn't putting the elements on the page that took, that took up the bulk of that time. And it wasn't making sure the sentences read right on a sentence by sentence level, although that was important to me, the story structure, making sure that one idea led into the next, led into the next, opened up a way for whatever was coming behind it to have a path in and set up for something else. That was the challenge. And that is the challenge, the biggest challenge for me usually in my day-to-day -day writing. 
Now, right now, because of the faulty crap going on inside my head, I still really struggle to access vocabulary. And lots of times I will feel what I want to say and cannot tap into the words to be able to communicate that in a way that matches what's going on inside my head or my understanding or whatever. That is very frustrating. And that mostly takes place on a sentence by sentence level, or at least on a paragraphish sort of level. But aside from that, the biggest challenge for me in any form of writing is creating those links, the idea links, the thought links, the story element links, making sure that something that happens on page 15 ties in again in a knowing way to something that happens on page 119, that those two completely separate instances that may not on the surface appear to be related to make sure they connect back. That's incredibly challenging. And having, having the sentences and the paragraphs flow from one to the next, especially, and this is the hardest, when I am inside the head of a character who's figuring things out or trying to establish their reasoning of what they understand that's going on in this situation and why it's causing them to act in this other way, what the purpose is of this thing that they're doing, finding a way to communicate that effectively where the links, the ideas, the concepts, the elements link one to the next to the next, that is the challenge for me in my storytelling, in my writing. And I suspect that those because I spend so much time working on establishing those links, that's a lot of what people who read my writing are enjoying in the writing. Yes, the stories, the characters, all of those things, but none of those would be impactful or able to connect with the reader in the way they do if the structure holding them together wasn't as tight as it was. If the sentences didn't connect one to the next in the way they do, the ideas didn't flow and lead directly into. And so I am not saying you have to do it like me, but I'm offering this to you as a way to think about your written communication, because I think that if you're struggling to give your story depth, if you're struggling to get points across, if things just don't feel like they're reading the way that they should, there's a really good chance that the issue isn't with the story, it isn't with your writing, it isn't with the characters, it's the links that are linking one to the next. We've talked about that too, in terms of, well, we need an action beat here. We need an emotional beat here. We need some kind of response from the character here. Ultimately, what we're getting at when we're saying we need that is we're looking for the link. We're looking for the link that connects these things together and, and keeps the chain tight, keeps the chain, I want to say integral, but no, we're looking to for the integrity of the chain. And that's pretty much... Those are my thoughts on this subject. And 
All right. So we are out of time. I, I do have some questions and maybe we'll pick those up uh, in the chit chat of the next episode, but we're out of time for this week. So thank you guys very much for listening. I will link to Taylor's story uh, in the show notes. So if you have any problem reaching it, uh, try, try through uh, that process and that might simplify things for you. Uh, thank you very much, Taylor, for that lesson on chains and linking things together. And I, I have to say that as, as you were talking, I was almost reflecting back on some of the line edits that you do, where you're just moving things from here to there and, and making very simple chains, changes to create a logic flow that sort of builds the chains that you were talking about. Yeah. And we can talk about I, that. It, let's talk about this more next week. Yeah, All let's right. do that. All right. So, Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for being here, guys. We'll see you next week.